Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with the illustrious, the inevitable, Captain Jack. Yes, sir. Captain, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm coming, well? I'm coming off that little... How, how we got animated. Okay, And I'm yes. not talking about our emotions. Let's, let's jump. Yeah, no, not on, which happens every week, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Why don't we dive in? Let's dive right into this, okay? So there's there's this guy on Twitter, and he's on YouTube also, right? Yeah. Um, is and it's it's Kuiper, right? It's the it's the K U I P E R, right? Kuiper Productions, right? That's how you mm-hmm. say that. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Like like yes, you're you're correct. Like Abraham Kuiper, right? Yeah. Okay. He does the uh, reformed reformed funny moment uh, videos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which have taken kind of the reformed world by storm, and that there's all these compilations of. You know, like MacArthur and Sproul and, uh, you know, a whole, you know, Sinclair Ferguson's in there, you know, Alistair Begg. He's got a lot of them just because he's awesome. Right. And it's just compilations of all of these guys doing or saying funny things and it's just a funny moments. And, uh, you know, they he's been around for a while. Right. But I want to say just within the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen his videos like shared and promoted more, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got himself a great following. He's got like fifteen thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, all of his videos a- average, you know, I want to say thirty to thirty to fifty thousand views. Some of them more, right? And they're <laughs> they're edited great because he he basically blends two things that you never thought were going to go together and that's reformed culture and meme culture <laughs> and he puts them together in these <laughs> these these edited videos that are great they're hilarious they're so funny right um and and you know the these videos go out and like i said they get a lot of views and stuff like that so i'm 
I'm sitting in my living room last night at the time of this recording. Yeah. And I get a little Twitter notification that pops up. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, let's pull this up and see. And it's this Kuiper Productions. I'm like, huh. It says they mentioned you in a comment. Now, he follows the Reformatory, and I knew uh, that he's at least a casual listener. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he like tagged us in something funny or something like that, you know, uh, which I love when listeners do. And I see this thing, and he says, uh, you know, Reformed Funny Moments, video 37, uh, is going to be released tomorrow. And, you know, here's a sneak peek of some people that are in it. And he lists off all the big names, right? He's got... You know, James White and John MacArthur and Alistair Begg and all, you know, all the, all all the, all the flagship guys, right? And then he says, and for the first time, a special animated appearance (laughs) by Josh Loftus and Jack Berry of the Reformatory Podcast. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? So not only, Jack, not only... (laughs) Do we make the cut for the reformator for the for the reform funny moments videos? We animated. <laughs> he animated Dude. us, and I got a shout out before before you go into your thing. I got a shout out, obviously Kuiper Productions, because you know he the one that puts the whole thing together. But the guy that does the animation, you can find him mm-hmm. on Instagram. His name is uh, I, I'm sorry if I butcher your name, dude. I'm sorry, but it's um, Anso. It's A N S O. G, um, Alex. So Anso Alex. If you search his thing on Instagram, uh, you'll see the Reformatory follows him. You'll see uh, 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 Kuiper Kuiper Belt right follows him. He's got all his animations on there. So shout out to Anso Alex for the amazing uh, the amazing oh cartoon rendition of the Reformatory, of which I'm going to have Jack talk about right now. Okay, that first of all. It focuses on you. I don't know how, so, and we were talking about this earlier on the Marcos, by the way, people. I felt like what they have perfectly animated Josh, but Josh, you got to remember, Josh has this Spurgeon esque kind of undertone to him or foundation, right? I appreciate I, it. I felt like, dude, I felt like basically it was just like if they put Charles Spurgeon in Nirvana. <laughs> I felt like that's how they animated you. Dude, and Kurt Cobain. Like thrown together. Wait, can I at least be can I at least be the drummer? Do I have to be Kurt Cobain? Can I at least be uh, uh, uh You can be oh, Dave Grohl? Yeah, can I at least be Dave Grohl? Because he's I think Dave he's, Grohl he's had that kind of haircut. Cool. I think Dave yeah, Grohl yeah. had that haircut okay. back then too. I will accept that combo as long as I can be Dave Grohl Spurgeon. Spur- Dave Spurgeon Grohl. <laughs> and I don't know how, but I felt like I turned out this is me, but we were talking about how like we're going to criticize our animated versions of each other more than other people will. I felt like I looked like Corey's long lost half brother. Dude, in that you looked animated. great. Short. You look great. I thought they. I thought. See. See. What's so funny is I think anytime, anytime you see a video of yourself or you hear audio of yourself, you're always like, "Oh, that's not me." Right. Right. I thought. I thought he nailed Jack perfectly. I thought like. They got like even down to the beard, dude. Even down to the shape of the beard with like the gray streaks going through, dude. You 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 stirring the stirring the cauldron of gummy worms was perfect. I perfect. okay. I I stuff. thought it was. I thought somehow 
the, the way that they matched up the animation to Josh basically yeah. declining into laughter. <laughs> into madness. And somehow, <laughs> when you lost you it towards the to, end. You trying to convince me that, that wrestling gummy worms is an actual phrase. <laughs> and then on top of it, the, when you lost it towards the end of that short, they spin your head. My head right? goes on a swivel, dude. It's like the exorcist. Like, I turn into the, I turn into the freaking demon girl from the exorcist right at the end of the video. <laughs> and then wasn't your sister-in-law like commenting on that yes. stuff too <laughs> yeah yeah she goes oh my God. So, my, so my brother's wife she goes she comments on it and she goes yeah it was really really funny when josh's head turned on a swivel and he laughs but it's really creepy when it happens in real life yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh dude. Dude, I got it. So, dude, hey, Jack, I feel like yet again, like we've had all of these milestones in the last year or so. I feel like yet again we can say we've made it. Like this is mountaintop, baby. Like there's <laughs> there's nowhere up to go. We have made it. We have made it into a reformed funny moments video. I don't, I don't know where else there is to go, man. Once you become animated, I mean, yes, I feel like once we're a cartoon. Career, I feel like once you become animated, your career is kind of peaked. You I feel know? like it is, dude. We have a cartoon. Once you become voice actors, yep. that's where the real gold is made. That's right. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, shout out Anso Alex. Shout out Kuiper Belt Productions, uh, the Re- Reformed Funny Moments videos. Uh, he shared it on Twitter. We shared it out on all our socials. You can go to their YouTube channel. It's number 37 and uh, the reformatory animated spots around four minutes into the video. So pretty, pretty funny stuff. Uh, we were we were tickled, tickled pink to see I, it. And it was, I was, it was just, enjoyable. Yeah, I was just thinking about so many different ways that they could animate a, a car. You a wanted situation. you want you wanted Driscoll. That's wanted, what you wanted. I wanted animated Dark Crystal. You, you wanted I wanted you want, animated Dark Crystal so bad. And like showing up, showing up like a ghost behind us. Just <laughs> that's what you wanted. Beaking oh, out, putting up goodness. his creepy billboards all over all over Arizona was, and whatnot. It was perfect. Well, hey, you know what? Feel free to animate us anytime that was quality quality jack before we hop into uh the topic today give us a a brief because we're already Mm -hmm. about 10 minutes in give us a brief reformatory cigar of the week what do you got for us man so uh this is going to be i know we've done some recent budget sticks Mm -hmm. uh this is going back to bouginess so to say here we go um 13 15 msrp range um but I will say that it's still good. Uh, it is by Dunburton Tobacco uh, and Trust. So you know it's going to be good. So it's going to be good. And on top of that, it's a rendition of the Stillwell Star line. Okay. So the Stillwell Star line for Dunburton Tobacco and Trust has always been kind of like uh, mixing pipe tobaccos with actual cigar tobacco mm-hmm. to try and bring uh, some different flavors into that kind of lineup. So this is their holiday edition. And their holiday edition kind of now expanded out and it kind of got released during January and I got my hands on one of them. Yeah. And basically, it is pretty coconuts. It tastes. I mean, Josh can attest to a suit because he because he tasted kind of some of this line, but this line is so. <laughs> it's a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The binder is Mexican San Andreas. The filler is Cavendish Burley and Nicaraguan. 
that's a crazy combo. It was, dude, I was like five. I was playing poker with a whole bunch of dudes that? in my brother-in-law's garage. Yeah. And I took about five puffs of this. And I'm like, ooh, this is good. That this combo is good. That combo of flavors is more complicated than my theological history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's it, a mis- there's so much going on. It, it, it was it was tasty. I mean, I man, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. It is very smooth. I will say if there's anything that comes out of my review of this, it's that it's very smooth. It has these little these little moments, these little kind of moments of mm. is this going to be this, is it going to be that? But it always kind of like changes like the tune a little bit. Okay. So all right. I don't know. I thought it was a really good cigar, especially for that price point. I felt like it was. I feel like you know, and anything, the price point could go down by a couple more bucks. Sure, sure. I mean, but we all want that to happen. But I think it's still in line. And a good addition to the Stillwell Star line. And I mean, especially to have that amount of tobacco and flavor and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a really good cigar. Legit. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it is the Stillwell Star Holiday 2002 by Don Burton & Trust. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack, we are continuing our series, our Back to the Basics series. Mm-hmm. And today, we are going very basic, but very important, in that we are talking about the office of pastor slash elder. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, I think there's a lot of talk and a lot of things said about the role of pastor today, especially in the reform world, which is good, because especially... With kind of the culture going the way that it is, it's good that we define terms. It's good that we know what the roles are uh, when it comes to church leadership because it's vital. It's important, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Jack and I uh, want to talk about today um, what constitutes a pastor, right? What makes a pastor or an elder, and then why they're important, and then what is it that we see as a pastor's one of their primary roles within the local church, because I think that specifically is where a lot of conversations start to go awry is we start to boil down the role of a pastor to one singular thing. And uh, I think things start to get a little, a little wonky. Right. But before we start into that, let's just, again, because this is a basics class, let's be very clear. Um, when we're talking about the role of pastor, the role of elder, we're using those terms synonymously because scripture does, right? Yeah. Uh, Jack and I have talked before that there's a lot of churches and denominations that make a distinction between elders and pastors. And it's normally, uh, you have the elders kind of like a ruling, like a ruling elder board, right? Uh, that sits above the pastors and then everyone that is staff, basically at everyone that's actually uh, doing the work, uh, they call them pastors and they make a distinction between the two. Um, both in form and in function. Uh, And it's important to understand that that distinction between elder and pastor that a lot of churches make is frankly not biblical. And it's not a distinction that scripture makes. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a distinction that the Apostle Paul makes when listing the qualifications. Right? It's not a distinction that you're going to find anywhere. So when we use the term pastor or an elder, we're using those terms synonymously because Scripture uses them synonymously. And we do yeah. not believe that making a distinction between those two roles can be supported really anywhere in Scripture. Right. Um, So that's one thing. Right. Uh, Another thing, which, again, is a no brainer, but this is a basics, uh, a basic series. In order to be a pastor or an elder of a church, you have to meet certain qualifications. And those Mm -hmm. qualifications are laid out in First Timothy and Titus primarily. Right. Where we see the qualifications laid out uh, for an elder for a pastor and as well for uh, the the role of of a deacon, which we will get into next week um, because Jack is our deacon connoisseur when it comes to all things, all things, all things deacon. Right. Um, But Jack, I think it behooves us to mention that when we look at the qualifications given in Timothy and in Titus, we see qualifications for an elder and a pastor that are focused much more on character than they are skill and talent, right? Mm -hmm. I think that distinction is important because I think in our culture today, especially with kind of what we've talked about, about kind of the larger denominations and things like that and how they focus their services, what what, what they put stock into as importance, there's so much importance put into gifting, whether they're a people person, whether they're a visionary, whether they're, a, they're good with finances, whether they're a good administrator, and all of these external things, they get put on the same level and sometimes even above the character qualifications of Scripture. You and I would say that's a problem. Would we not? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. yes absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it goes back to, basically, this is almost like all of our other episodes we've been talking about, kind of culminating around this idea of what actually is a pastor and what is their primary function. And both Josh and I, Josh will probably elaborate on this more, but both Josh and I think that pastoring involves you shepherding more than just getting up in the pulpit on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. There's way more things than spending 30 minutes to an hour on a Sunday in the pulpit preaching that are going to affect your members, your church members' daily lives than just that moment right there. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from pastor. I'm not taking away from preaching. No, and no, I'm not, no. I don't think we're doing that. We're just saying that a lot of people have put so much emphasis on just preaching that we start to kind of, I don't know, we start to kind of celebritize. That's not even a word. It is now. (laughs) Now that's going to be a soundbite. We'll celebritize people who preach and who preach in these more zealous ways yeah. than faithful pastors who may not be the greatest preachers, but boy, they know how to shepherd people, and they know how to shepherd people well, yeah. and they know how to take care of them well. Yeah. And it's more, I feel like we put the emphasis more on the orator 
versus the shepherd these days. Mm. And us creating a riff <laughs> like that is not good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For so, various reasons. <laughs> let's hop into 1 Timothy here. First, First Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, The saying is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer, right? And this word overseer is also this, the, the, the same root word as pastor, same root word as an elder, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is what we're talking about. It says they must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded and self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into in uh, excuse me, so that he might not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Right. So Paul gives a lot of character qualifications there to this young pastor Timothy, mm-hmm. right? And as he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you, as you start to bring men into the fold of leadership to lead the church. And you as well as a pastor, these are the qualifications that you uh, must hold as paramount, as vital, that these men need to be able to meet these. Now, of course, uh, no one meets these qualifications perfectly, right? There is no one uh, that, 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 is, that is perfect except Christ, and we are all going to fail in some of these in one way or another at certain times. But the idea... And the, the the command here is that they are they are known by them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that you cannot struggle uh, with not being quarrelsome at certain times, but it's not it's that you are not known by a spirit of quarrelsomeness, yeah. right? Right? That that uh, you know we all don't feel hospitable at times, right? But you need to be known as someone who is generally uh, hospitable and caring for people, right? So that's what Paul is talking about here. When he gives these qualifications and what you'll notice is that the ability to teach mm-hmm. is the only skilled qualification in this list. All right. All of the rest, the vast majority, 98% of the rest of these qualifications are in regards to character. Mm-hmm. And Paul places such an importance on the individual's character yeah, and such an emphasis that their character be above reproach, right? And that's yeah. what he starts with. He says an, an overseer must be above reproach, right? So it's very important as, as, as we look to uh, the office of elder pastor, whether you are aspiring to it as a man, right, or you are a congregant that is looking at your church leadership, these are the qualifications that we must hold our leaders to, right? And we need to understand that the more we bend on these, the health and protection of the church is the thing that is becoming compromised, yeah. right? Because you could have a fantastic, and both Jack and I have seen this, and we've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast. You can have an amazing orator as a pastor. Mm-hmm. You can have a guy who is just such a dynamic speaker, 
just an amazing, amazing personality. Just people flock to him because he is so passionate and so amazing. And, and with, you know, has, has the ability to turn a phrase like no one you've ever known, right? But if that same man who has all of those skills and all those qualities, if that same man struggles with anger mm-hmm. or bitterness yeah. or, is a love, or is a lover of money or like we have seen is not faithful to his wife, all of those skills that he has, they matter jack squat. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter. I don't care how good of a preacher he is. If he's not faithful to his wife, he is not fit for the office of pastor, right? And we've put so much emphasis in our culture today on these skills, Mm -hmm. and we have forgotten about the character. I will take a pastor who is not the most comfortable preaching, but has character Mm -hmm. over... The pastor who is just a a five star speaker and just you know brings me to tears every Sunday because of the eloquence of his speech, but he ha- but but he's a jerk, yeah, and he's overbearing. He struggles yeah. with anger. I I and here's the thing: I've been in that church. I've been in that church where that mm-hmm. pastor, man, he can speak, but behind closed doors, he's an animal. Yeah, and the church. And the people, the people in the congregation, they are the ones that get hurt the worst. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is how, you know, the, the modern day um, kind of seeps into the church again, mm. in which a lot of what, I, what I've done, even before doing recruiting, is you look at workforce um, development, workforce education. How do we get the people how do we get people skills in order to get them into the workforce? Right. And so basically you get them into a program, you do this, you do that, you do this. And then, you know, voila, they should be a machinist. They should be in the trades. They should be in business. They should be doing this. Da 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 da. They should be skilled at what they do. I feel like we've, what we've done in the American church is basically said, if you're a good orator, and if you go to a seminary and plus up those skills a little bit, you too can be a pastor. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's like, and there's guys that are buying what? into this. Like guys are buying into this in, in droves. Yeah. That they think that if they get this degree and read these books and associate with the right people, then boom, they're going to pop out to be a good pastor. Yeah. And it's just not true. Right. And look, it's not that all those things are bad. Like if, you know, like reading g- good people is, is important and schooling, depending on your certain situation, it can be helpful. But you need to understand that seminary doth not a pastor make. Yeah. seriously, <laughs> Right. right? <laughs> and I'm talking as someone who went through it and, and yeah. thought that that is what would make me a pastor. And it's the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But but we need to get away from this focus on the pastor as this vision caster, speaker, front man, and come back to, Jack, what, what you said at the beginning, right? If we're going to boil the pastor down to anything, it should be a shepherd. Yeah. Because that's what Christ is. Yeah. Right? Right? We are under shepherds, 
right? Those who are in the role of pastor and elder, you are an under shepherd to the great shepherd, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have too many, too many churches, and and I think it's too prevalent in our culture that boils the role of pastor down to preaching, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, oh well, if he's a pastor, he's the guy that's up front. He's the guy that preaches, right? Or we have a worship pastor, so he's the guy that plays the guitar every Sunday, right? Or we have a small group pastor or a youth pastor, right? And look, I mean, all of those roles are are, are, are fine, but we've lost the forest through the trees we've kind of lost the plot yeah and in the consequence i believe is that we have forgotten that the role of the pastor in the local church is primarily to shepherd god's people yeah and there's so much that falls under that right yeah absolutely there is and it it just goes to show you as well too i mean even in the company that i work for you could have all the same things that we're looking for a candidate, but if your integrity is shot, we are not going to hire you. Mm. Just because it comes down to ethics and values, and our company does value a lot of integrity, and if we hear from another employee that like you don't have any integrity um, and you don't kind of recompense certain things um, when you know, things go wrong or something along those lines, but you just blame shift. All your kind of degrees or endorsements or certifications that you have, they go out the window because then you don't really have character at that point. So I feel like, yeah, in just saying that, I feel like we've just kind of cookie cuttered, you know, box cuttered out the way into become a pastor in the church in North America. And so now... If I can change and become this good orator, somehow I can imitate all these other good orators who are in these different, more high-focus, high-visual ministries. And then, like I said, you know, I too can become this pastor. But it's like, but if your integrity isn't there, if your (laughs) character isn't there, like, that's not a good foundation to build upon. Sure. Um. And, and like I said, there there is way more to do than an hour on Sunday, maybe a couple hours on Sunday when you're in the pulpit preaching that matter more than what you're doing there versus outside of that. And I'll give you yeah, I'll give you one example mm-hmm. is that you know we've been going through. Josh and I were just talking about this beforehand, but. We have, my local church has been going through uh, the Lord's Prayer in this series on praying and how to pray and how what we should focus on while we're praying and what kind of aspects of the Lord's Prayer are kind of looking at different ways in which we should be praying and how those come to life. And so this culminated in a prayer service last night at about 630 and my Two of my, well, the only two pastors we have were up there leading, but they were not just like leading in one way, but they were just like in the trenches with other church members praying and doing those things. And that's shepherding, Mm -hmm. like getting your hands in the dirt and actually working alongside people in the trenches, not just I'm going to stand on the platform I'm going to get in the pulpit, I'm going to preach my heart out, and then I'm going to get 
I'm going to play the humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> play the humble brag card all Sunday of like, oh, no, 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 it was all the Lord. But, you know, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, start trying to, you know, <laughs> spread my brand throughout uh, the land and everything like that. I mean, it just doesn't, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. Because at that point, you're doing the same thing that our country has done, which is the only way you're going to make it is put your name out there and start getting more fame and getting more celebrity and getting more focus on you. And we all know, I mean, in the Pacific Northwest, we all know that's a first-class ticket to getting your church imploded. <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's talk about that for a second, right? I want to sh- I want to shout out, <laughs> shout outs, right? I want to shout out the faithful pastors that nobody knows. Yeah. Right. I want to shout out the pastors that aren't in it for the Twitter followers or the book deals. Yeah. Right. I want to shout out the pastors who are faithfully shepherd shepherding their flocks every week that nobody knows. It's the faithful work of the obscure, unknown pastors in the trenches with their people. That is the work that is advancing the kingdom of God the most. Mm-hmm. It's easy to look at the mega church pastors, the conference speakers, and view those as the primary uh, a steam engine that is carrying this train through the world, right? And we are reaching the, 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 the farmost corners of the earth because of all of the exposure that these guys get. And the kingdom is being built uh, primarily on the backs of these titans, right? Mm-hmm. That we see at these conferences and we see in the Christian bookstores and on podcasts and YouTube and all these things, right? It's very easy to fall into that trap because the, it, it's, it's big, it's loud, it's visual, it's a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. And they're larger than life, yeah. right? What we need to remember and what I believe is actually much more of a reality is that the kingdom of God is being faithfully, faithfully promoted primarily on the backs of the pastors that nobody knows, Mm-hmm. And then nobody has ever heard of, nor will anyone ever hear of, because they don't care. Yeah. They don't care about the book deals. They don't care about the fame. They care about the people that are sitting in their pews. They care about the people that are coming into their offices who lives, whose lives are falling apart. Mm-hmm. They care about, about the, the mothers and the fathers who are coming into their office that are struggling with their kids. Yeah. They care about the elderly in their church who are uh, in, in their twilight years thinking about passing from this world into, into glory, right? They're thinking about the, the young people and all of the, all of the stresses and all of the crap that they have to be inundated with every single day. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about how can I, as a frail nobody... How can I shepherd these people effectively and show them Jesus the best way that I can? That is what's advancing the kingdom. Now, I'm thankful for the conferences and the books and the resources that are out there. And I believe God has and will continue to use those in a mighty fashion. But don't believe for a second 
that those things are worth more than the faithful work of the obscure shepherds in the trenches with their people. Mm-hmm. Once we have gotten that relationship flipped, we need to take some serious inventory. Yeah. All right. That is what I believe. Because I know for a fact the pastors that have been with me through my darkest times, when I needed them the most, they weren't the pastors on TV. Yeah. They weren't the pastors who had written the books. They weren't the pastors or the preachers that are on the the conference speaking circuit. The pastors that were with me when I needed them most, the ones that had their feet under my kitchen table, nobody knows their names. Yeah. And nobody ever will. Yeah. Because they don't care. Yeah. But they cared about me. Mm -hmm. And they cared about being Jesus to me. Mm -hmm. Man, if you are struggling today as a pastor in your local church, wondering if you are making the difference. You're seeing all of these guys with all the books and all the conferences, and you hear the sirens call to start start pursuing that. Yeah. Put the cotton in your ears and stay strong. <laughs> yeah. Because the work that you are doing in your local church for your people, I believe, is so much more important yeah. than the guys who get up and speak to 10,000 people and then move on to the next <laughs> the next conference. Yeah. Yeah, just put your hand back to the plow. Just don't look back. Yes. Don't look back to that, please. Don't um, do it. just keep just keep focusing on that patch of land that mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. Because that, I like that that is the place that God has put you in order to cultivate, mm-hmm. in order to help flourish. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that's a huge, I mean, it's just like anything else, like in uh, a Western culture that we take where it's something good, but then man come along, <laughs> man comes along. The man like, come along. <laughs> the man come along and, um, and messes it up by like propelling fame and celebrity and blah blah mm. blah and trying to catch after money and and all of these things being known uh about yourself and trying to be in the spotlight and i don't know it's just you you even see and i think i think ad nauseum i've said this as well too like the fact that we have the gospels and you see that the king of the universe pursues his people in obscurity first mm. and then goes and starts fulfilling promises as well too. shows us a way in order to live. And I think that way is a little bit better than just hitching our wagons to the reformed celebrities all the time yeah. to try and to try and get, you know, stuff here and there and whatnot. So. Yeah. 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 Look at, look at how Christ shepherded, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, look at, look at the way that Christ interacted with his people. Look at, look at how he interacted with uh, both uh, the religious, uh, the religious elites as well as the hurting and broken, right? Look at how Christ did and model your ministry after that. Yeah. Right. And I think, when if we begin to do that as pastors and elders in our churches and we put much more of an emphasis on how do I shepherd well, right? How do I lead and guide my people 
in all of the ways that that entails. And that's going to entail encouragement and comfort. That's going to entail discipline. And that's going to entail, entail rebuking, right? There, it entails all of that. Mm-hmm. But all of it is for the sake of shepherding them well and bringing them, leading them and helping guide them into sanctification. Yeah. So that at the end of that, right, at the end of that day, at the end of that week, you have played a part in conforming those people to the image of Christ a little bit more than they were. Yeah. Right. And the Holy Spirit will utilize your faithful work. It will utilize your hand being put to the plow faithfully. Right. And don't be distracted and don't be discouraged because I know, believe me, I know pastoral ministry can be tough. Oh, yeah. And it can be discouraging. Yeah. And there are many nights where you are lying awake, depressed, anxious and worried, wondering why in the world am I doing this? Right. It's because God has called you to do it. So faithfully work Mm -hmm. and faithfully plow. Right. And you will see the harvest. Right. And my friends like that is just when when we 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 have to remove ourselves from just this. This westernized American uh, modern idea of what a pastor is and bring it biblically. Mm-hmm. They are a qualified shepherd, an under shepherd of Jesus Christ called to lead the people of God. That's what we need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And if God gives you blessings and gives you the ability to write a book or speak at a conference, like, OK, I mean, you know, again, like those aren't bad things in and of themselves. But make no, make no mistake. The real work, the most important work, the most vital work is done in the trenches of the local churches. Yeah. Right. That's what we need faithful workers for. That's what we need faithful pastors for. We need pastors in the trenches. And I am thankful as one who has been the recipient of that care of those faithful pastors that nobody knows. Yep. 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 Exactly. Well, Jack, I think Big Eva has sung. Big Eva has sung. I think she's sung. It was a sweet song. Hopefully it was it an was. encouraging song. A little spicy song. A little spicy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. We love, man, we love you obscure pastors. Man, we really do. Next week, we get into deacons, and this is Jack's, this is Jack's, mm-hmm. this is Jack's <laughs> chef kiss. He's the deacon chef of, kiss. he's the deacons of deacons. <laughs> but I don't have that title. I've been in that role, but I don't have you, that title not anymore. Currently, not, not currently, currently, but you have we'll been see. in the role. So you yes. are, I have not actually. So you are much more qualified to speak on it uh, than I am. So we're going to get into deacons next week, and we're going to show mm-hmm. the same love, the same care, and the same encouragement to our deacons, because, ah, deacons... I love y'all. Deacons are the backbone of the churches, man. They get the jobs done. I'm, and I love them. Yeah, I might get a little spicy too. We'll see. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Jack, why don't you get us out of here, man, when we're over time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate us being uh, not only animated on this podcast in emotion, but also in real life That's by right. people. That's <laughs> right. You too can follow more about how we make the local church central uh, into our podcast and what we talk about uh, from week to week in and out. So you can follow all of that through the sociables, if you will. Mm -hmm. This 
imperfect engine of craziness and rustling the gummy worms of (laughs) people's emotions. Um, You can follow us on the Facebook, uh, the Metaverse. People are getting laid off. It's crazy over there. I don't know what's going on. Uh, You can follow us on the Instagram. Goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. A little bit more peaceful, sociable solution to you. And then you can also follow us on the Tweaker, the Twitter, the Little Blue Bird site, Muskerville, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's craziness. Uh, You can follow us at the tag, at Reformatory Pod on all those sociable platforms. And Josh... You can tell the lovely people how they might continue to help us make the local church central into the believer's life. That's right. There are many ways. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, for one. Really do. We, we'd we be nothing without our listeners. We're still floored that anybody listens to this podcast. So, honestly, from us to you, thank you guys very much. Our, our downloads are uh, just increasing. More and more people are listening to the podcast, which, again, floors us. But if you are one of those new listeners, welcome. Thank you for joining the Reformatory family. If you are one of our old listeners and you have stuck with us through thick and thin, we thank you as well. We really appreciate you guys. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Uh, send it to a friend. Maybe you know, maybe send this episode uh, to your pastor uh, to encourage them and to mm-hmm. let them know that you're thinking about them and you care about them and you're thankful for the work that they do. Hopefully we can be an encouragement to you guys. Uh, as we encourage you to make the local church central to your life. If you would not mind, uh, if you're on Apple, if you're listening on an Apple device, uh, if you're using the Apple podcast app, just scroll down. Scroll down all the way. Give us a little five-star action. Five stars for five solas. We'd mm-hmm. really appreciate that. Maybe write us a little review. Tell us uh, how you came across the podcast. Maybe what you like about the podcast. Maybe tell us what you think about that new animated short. Uh, that was in the Reformed Funny Movement, uh, Reformed Funny Moments number 70, uh, 37. You know, you could do that. We'd appreciate that. Some big news. Jack and I are cooking up for y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, TBD, TBD uh, when it's coming out. But we're going to be doing some exclusive content. And I believe we're going to be doing it through Patreon. We have a mm-hmm. Patreon page right now. Uh, and what we're going to be doing, you're going to be getting exclusive content, probably video content, uh, extra episodes. We're going to start exclusive content. We're uh, working up kind of what that's going to look like schedule-wise, content, all that stuff. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen hopefully soon. But just want to let you guys know it's most likely going to be ha- happening over there on that Patreon. So if you want to get a jump on it and get over there before everyone else does, uh, then you too could support us on Patreon. And mm-hmm. one of our pledges to you is that your name will be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the holes of this podcast. That is our pledge to you as a faithful Patreon supporter. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>